You're listening to the Mobcast Network. A man who saved the universe, <laughs> and uh, you know, in the movies, he's being the merciless and his arch nemesis. But I'm proud to call him a, a friend and a great convention buddy. Sam Jones, everybody. Sam hey, Jones. Good to see you. We had the pleasure of doing where well, we do a lot of these comic cons together. We do. And we did a TV, local TV show on Thursday. Was it Thursday or Friday? Uh, it was Friday. Yeah. And it aired on the 9 o'clock news on Friday. And uh, when I came in on Saturday morning, these two old dudes out front, like, hey, man, you and Flash Gordon, man, you guys, were really, you guys were really great on the news last night. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but, you know, I was like, wow. If you, if you get, you know, the, you know, those guys are harsh judges, man. We, we must have been really good. We had fun. We, we got to improvise, too. So we, we enjoyed that. Yeah. You know, Ming does a lot of stand-up, as you can see. I do. He's, know a, he's a funny guy. <laughs> I'm not that funny. I'm not that funny. I think, I think we play off well each other. We should, uh, we should yeah. take this act on the road. So. That's right. <laughs> and what a lot of people don't know, we, uh, we do a lot of these cons together, but we hardly ever get to talk because we're at our tables. We're talking to you and taking pictures. All yeah, you know, so you, this is the, one of the few times where you get to moderate the panel and do a lot of talking. I, I think uh, I think they just put us together. They thought it'd be funny, you know, making flash. I thought they thought it would be funny. Yeah. If you go on the on the floor though, you'll notice we're at the exact opposite ends of each other. Like you know, like they thought yes. we were gonna get into a fight or something. <laughs> and that you know that. Well, no, that's my buddy Lou Frigno myself. Yes. Yeah. You, you know about that story, right? Who wants to hear the? You hear a good story about him? Yeah. 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 I was wondering about you heard that. Heard story before? So what did you hear from the media? All I, news, what did you hear? All I remember hearing was fans had, had, had to break y'all up. That's all I remember hearing. Yeah, see, well, first of all, Lou and I have been friends for 40 years. Uh, we're in England. Uh, his table's next to mine, and we're signing. And two fans started to get in a fist fight in front of us. Uh, notice I said fist fight as opposed to what? Air pulling? But anyway, <laughs> it was a fist fight, and we got up and broke up the fight. So the media, of course, wanted to embellished that and they said that Lou and I had to fight. So what we decided to do was use that. And from now on, from that point on, which is two years ago, we decided to get our tables together and to let the people think we're gonna fight at any time. It sold a lot of tickets is one thing. Yeah, that's a pretty good selling point. It's called marketing. Everybody. It is. And that's not you know, uh, you know, uh, Ali Frazier. That's George, right. George Foreman, yeah. uh, you know, Rocky Balboa versus Ivan Drago. Yeah. No, forget Dolph those Lundgren. fights. Dolph Yeah, forget those fights. Sam Jones versus Lou Frazier. That's, that's right. a real, that's a real, yeah. that's a great, great card right there. Yeah, but, but Lou had the best answer. I think ESPN uh, Sports Radio asked him, uh, they said, well, what, would, what do you think would happen if, uh, if you and Sam got in a fight and Lou said, well, if the if the Hawk and Flash Gordon no, ever got in a fight at a Comic Con, nobody would be alive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nobody would be alive. Yeah, that's the end of the world right there. That's the apocalypse right there. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, as you mentioned, we do a lot of these cons together. I saw you. I last saw you about four weeks ago. Um, we're staying at a nearby casino this time, and uh, the last time I saw you, we're ironically at another casino in Connecticut. Um, That's right. Yeah, I remember I was you walking. Know, it was terrific con. Terrific con. Terrific. And, yeah, yeah. Well, I was walking to breakfast and coming down the other end of the hall, I see two hulking figures, you and Lou Frigno, coming down the other way. And you guys were just like, Ming, 
we were at the gym working out. Where were you? And I was like, oh, I I'm on my way there. Sorry. Yeah. No, I was on my way to destroy some bacon and eggs. I yeah, that's right. I, I, I mean, I would join you guys for a workout. It'd be a little intimidating, like but you know, it's, bench pressing like 400. No, no, it's not what you think. What, what I thought the same thing. Okay. When I started, even though we've known each other for 40 years, he just started training me maybe a year ago. And it's, it's, I was shocked because it's not all that heavy, heavy weight. Right. Now, it's, you know, it's lightweight, it's a lot of reps, and everything he does is perfect form, and it's only, check this out, here's the catch, only five second rest between sets. Okay, so, not like 90 seconds. Yeah, his whole, five seconds. his whole philosophy is get in, get out. So 30, 30 35 minutes, we're done, it's over. So Luke Frank, yeah. uh, the master of efficiency. Yes. All right. Well, it was funny, we had all these other actors in the gym, at the hotel gym, trying to get in on the workout. And Louis, and they're barking at, at Louis, you know. And Louis say, no, I'm training Sam. Everybody, get out of the way. And he said, this is terrible. It's great. <laughs> so they try to muscle in they on try your, to muscle on your workout. workout. Yeah. No, you can't, you can't do that. Uh, sir, you have a question, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we have a mic here, uh, if anyone wants to ask a question, step up. If the mic intimidates you, just raise your hand and uh, we'll be able to hear well, it. Well, first thing, you know, just, just of course, the answer, a big fan of Flash Gordon. I grew up with it. I saw it in the theater back many moons ago. But I got three young men here who I brought in Flash Gordon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My nephew and uh, his friend. So a big fan. And uh, uh, anyway, so I guess the question I have for you, you may have already been asked, so I apologize for asking. I heard, just from what I've read, is that they had signed y'all for potential sequels to yes. the back in the day. Yeah. Did they have any, like, was there any, like, rough drafts of a script for a sequel to the movie? And if so, like, what would it have been about, rough story? Did they know? So those three questions, no, yes, yes. No. Uh, I did. I signed for six, five sequels. And, uh, you know, it, it's the nature of the business. There's no, a lot of times, there's no rhyme or reason. Uh, it just didn't, it didn't happen. I mean... Flash Gordon itself, I mean, it became a huge hit in every country except America. And now it became top 10 in the VHS sales. And now we call it what? DVD? Yeah, streaming, um, whatever, yeah. But yeah, it just it didn't happen. <clears throat> However, I mean, over the past 39 years, it's, uh, it's been bought you know, by uh, reputable producers. They, they acquired the screenplay rights to do a sequel, and for whatever strange reason, they didn't they didn't pick up the option. I think the first one was Stephen Summers, he did Van Helsing, right? And then uh, Neil Moritz, Neil Moritz, who did all the Fast and Furious, and now uh, Fox has it, uh, Fox Studios. A lot of times when you hear, when they use the vernacular or the term, it's in development, it usually means they don't have the money, that's usually. Um, but we're talking Fox Studios. So all I know is, as of right now, the updated uh, status is um, that uh, Fox has had the screenplay rights for four years. It's in development. And they brought in some huge names, Matthew Vaughn as a director, uh, uh, John Davis, a huge producer. <clears throat> and they decided to do it a unique way. And they, were, they had it figured out, and they said, well, let's go look at a couple of brand new sci-fi movies, and they went to see uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and they said, oh my God, that's the way we wanted to do 
the uh, new flash quarter. So right now it's on the back burner. That, that's all I can tell you. you know. Yeah, Fox, Fox can't cry poor now, man. They got Disney money now. Of course they do, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think, uh, you know, these fancy producers, directors are great. They need you back, though. That's right. They need you back, for sure. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's the business is a funny entity, you know. Even in television, even in network, network business. Because, uh, I mean, movies, you're, you're under the, unless you're independent, you're under the authority of the studio. Uh, network, you're under the, for television series, you're under the authority of the network. And I've done some, I think I've been involved in uh, 10 or 11 television series, pilots. Only two went to series. And, and some of the network executives told me, they said, Sam, the one show you did is the best we've ever seen, but because we had uh, uh, contractual obligations to other actors, we had to we had to say no to your show and pick up it, it's crazy it's wild that's why lately i've been doing a lot of independent movies and all that really means is you're well you're not under that regulatory environment of the networks i'm sorry of the studios uh the budgets are lower but you, your freedom your freedom is unlimited your creative freedom is unlimited <laughs> yeah, that's a trade-off, right? Yeah, uh, it is. You're yeah. looking to do yeah. you know, what you want to do in your vision, but sure. uh, the budgets are typically yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. low. Did, yeah. you, uh, did you get a chance to, as far as, like, like, one of the things I liked about the movie was, like, the sets. I loved, I loved how it had, like, the retro feel. And then Flash Gordon. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean. Did you keep any of the props? Did you get a chance? Uh, did, you, did you steal anything? <laughs> that's really what it is, I guess. Well, I kept. I'm okay. used the, okay. the term I kept. Sure. Uh, I believe it was the only uh, Flash t-shirt original. We had about 12 made, but I think 11 were uh, tweaked and ripped in all the fight scenes. So I believe I have the only uh, in existence Flash t-shirt. And what makes that unique, not only is it original, but uh, they were all hand-painted. So that was hand-painted. This was all sweet, all hand-painted uh, red. So yeah, I have that. A pretty iconic shirt, man. Yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, it's such an iconic character. I keep, I've been bumping into people all weekend. Uh, a lot of people are like, you know, Flash Gordon's the first movie I saw in the theater. Oh, or uh, you know, you, we, you're not that old. No, well, I actually well, I am. I'm pretty old. Real, well, it came out Christmas 1980, so uh, I, I, uh, I would have been, I was six. Were so. You, so were you there? At the theater. I think it was one of the first ones I've ever wow. seen at the theater. And I, wow. I, I constantly meet people who say the same thing, which is, uh, it's pretty cool. You know, that, 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 that ingrained with them their love for sci-fi film. Probably the reason why they're, why they're at, you know, Comic-Con to begin with. So yeah. that's pretty amazing. Sorry, your question. Yes. First of all, Sam, thanks for making Flash Gordon. I saw that in 1980 at the theater. My grandparents <laughs> took me to see it. I was completely blown away. So thank you for that. All right. And what I want to know is, what was the reason behind your voice being overdubbed? Yeah, well, and I mean, what was your reaction? Yeah, well, any uh, after we're done filming any feature film, there's usually corrections and mistakes you got to go back. I think I mean, Dino De Laurentiis and I did bump heads a little bit, but I had an obliga obligation on Christmas 19. I'm sorry, it would have been well. We finished filming. I uh, we finished filming in. Uh, before Christmas 79, that's right. So I was supposed to go back right after Christmas, but it, it, it didn't happen. So it is what it is, you know. 
And it, I have this kind of peculiar thing about, well, I've done 64 films. And in reality, I've only seen, personally seen, maybe half. Because I don't, you know, I don't know if it's my former military background, but it is what it is. Why am I gonna watch it? To sit there and torture myself? To say, oh God, I should have made a better choice. And in the early years, yeah, I'll watch you know, a lot of my TV stuff to help, you know, to help tweak some things. But uh, I'm not, I'm not one for watching. Well, I don't know about you. I'm vain, so yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I'll, I'll, I'll watch and laugh at myself. Well, if you laugh at yourself, that's cool. But I made this mistake. Well, I was pretty cool early on. You know, coming to Hollywood, I had this, I had this purity, this naivete, this freshness. Uh, it wasn't arrogance, it was confidence. You know, I wasn't reading my press, I was just, when I went into an audition, I thought, yeah, I'm the guy. You know, if they don't want me, they, they want somebody else. So I never took offense. But things changed. I got a little bit tainted when I started reading my press. I realized if I read how good I am and believe it, what about when I read how bad I am? Bad is in terrible performance, right? I know nowadays bad is good, good is bad, but uh, anyway, um, so yeah, I started reading all that and I said, I gotta quit this, so I stopped. I stopped seeing my work and I stopped uh, reading my press, you know? It is, I mean, the cool thing about film, it doesn't lie, you know? You can't say, oh, I had a bad day, somebody distracted me, well, too bad, you know? Wah, wah. <laughs> you know, it is what it is, man. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's timeless. There's a there's a great quote out there from a great movie, uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Is I don't need to watch it. I lived it. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I um, how did you get your start in acting? Uh, was it pre-military? What branch of the military did you serve? Oh, the Marine Corps. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's one of the toughest. Well, I enjoyed it. It's fun for me, you know. My dad was army, so I decided to go in the Marine Corps. You know. <laughs> yeah. Did you start? Crazy challenge or something. I don't have you been bitten by the acting bug before then? No, no, I was, I, I joined the Marine Corps right out of high school, and I said, I'm gonna be a lifer. I mean, I, I wanted to stay forever. So until I started, I started playing Marine Corps football, and I said to myself, oh, I'm good, I'm really good. I think the NFL needs me right now. So I, I finished my time, I went to Seattle, and when I, where my grandparents lived in 1976, and uh, I, I walked on the, the Seahawks camp. And after my tryout, I went up to the coach, and I said, he said, no, we don't need you. <laughs> so um, that was, you know, I was young, I was, uh, whatever, 76, I was what, uh, 22 or 21? And, yeah, that's right. But I was sort of devastated. You know, it was, it was, I was dis disheartened. But you know, here's the thing about, Here's the thing about failure, or having your feelings hurt, or maybe your dreams being, uh, you know, reversed or you know hindered. At the same time, if you can get over the poor me attitude, God always opens up another door. He really does. So I, I the door was really, I, I, the door for me was. So the day they said no to me, I wanted to say, but you don't understand, I. I, I left the Marine Corps so I could play for you. Okay, you need me. But I didn't say that. But the next day I read an article 
about Clint Eastwood. And that inspired me. Inspired me to go to Hollywood. Now that was 76, so he'd already he'd been in the business since 1955, so. Quite a while. Yeah, so I said to myself, and I don't know if I can accomplish what he had accomplished those years, but you know what? I want to go to Hollywood, I want to give it, I want to give it a shot. It inspired me, and I did. You know, I mean, I, I gave myself parameters, uh, or goals. I, I, my, I guess my short-term goal was I had to progress every six months. If I found myself backstepping, digressing, regressing, at any part of that six-month interval, then I, I said, I'm done. But it happened, I mean, my gosh. The first day, you know, first day you arrive in Hollywood, what do you gotta do? You gotta get a job. So, you know, I became a waiter, I, I had a job. Uh, it's cause it's all about provision. I tell it, everybody asks me, hey, I wanna, I wanna be an actor, what, what is your advice? Say, well, do you have a second degree or a second skill set? Because it's all about provision and paying your bills. But anyway, right away, boom, six months, a job, acting class, uh, agents were auditing the acting classes. I, I got a commercial agent. I shot my first commercial, a Schaefer beer commercial. Schaefer beer. With the legend Jerry West. You know, the, uh, the Lakers. The yeah. NBA. That was 70, no, 76, 77. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it just skyrocketed. Yeah. Just snowballed from there. Snowball. Yeah. I mean, I had to, I had to tweak my attitude quite a bit. Uh, How so? Well, you know, again, it's just, whatever, whatever is before us, whatever vision we have, whatever our dreams are, we need to remember who we are, where we're going, but most importantly, where, where we just came from, okay? And never forget that. So when you start having representation, we need to know right away. We need to identify that. Are they truly looking out for our best interests? Right, for their own best interests. Yeah, sure. and I, you know, being young and a bit naive, uh, I mean, I still, it's, every decision I, I made or make is on me. It's it's big boy rules, you know, for men. For ladies, it should be the same thing. Not big boy rules, but big, big lady rules, right? <laughs> for decisions. But uh, we have to learn, I didn't learn early that representatives, agents, managers, they work for us. Right. We do not work for them. Um, and anyway, it took me a while to figure that out. You know, and it's, uh, yeah, I had my successes. Uh, didn't really learn from that. I learned from my failures. Yeah, you always learn from A lot of failures. Yeah. They, they hit a little hard. Yeah. A lot, but let me just say this. Uh, a lot of my failures were self-induced which I found out later on it was self-induced, okay. We can sit there all day long and point fingers and go, ah, it was their fault, their fault. But it's it's usually self-induced. If we're not listening to good advice and we don't remember where we came from, because Hollywood is, it's, we gotta get, I, I think we need to step away from Hollywood, whatever you think that descriptive line is. It, it, to me, right now, if you say, what's Hollywood, it's well, it's business, it's about provision, nothing else. It's not about the image. What is the image anyway? You know, 90% of the people could care less about your future. It's all short-term thinking. Now, 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 what can I get now? Um, but yeah, I had to, thank God, over the, I, I had to get over me, different phases of my life. I had to learn to, uh, yes, as, as uh, I say, stop the baby talk, get over me. 
and uh, move forward and stop blaming others. And that's sort of been my transition in life. So words of wisdom, everybody. Any kids <laughs> out there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sir, Devo, your question. Devo, yeah, that's right, yeah. Where's your hat? <laughs> okay, you gotta have your hat on. That's the question, man, come on. All right. Your question, uh, sir. Um, I was only three in 1980, so I saw Flash Gordon on VHS a few years later, so wow. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to know, when you learned that Queen famously um, was doing the soundtrack to Flash yeah. Gordon, what was your reaction to that? That's wonderful. And, yeah, it was. And when you finally saw the finished product, yeah. how, how did you feel that it fit in? Well, again, I, I, in the beginning, when I found out, I thought, okay, well, they're, they're going to compliment, they're going to compliment the movie really well. But in the, in the end result, they brought tremendous, tremendous value to the movie. And for the younger generation, which I just picked up that, that younger uh, demographic uh, because of Ted and Ted 2. So my point is the younger generation who have not seen Flash Gordon, they will refer to the movie as, you know, that, that movie that Queen did the soundtrack to, which is kind of cool. That's how much value, that's how, how iconic Queen is, you know? Was Queen ever actually on set no. or anything? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't normally happen that way. Yeah. Or if they were, I didn't, you know, I was probably so much into, it's one of those, you know, you hear about actors making movies where they're so busy that they don't have time for anything or anybody. I mean, my greatest moment of the day working almost six months on Flash Gordon was being able to take a bathroom break. I'm serious. I was in everything. I, I, I was, I didn't have it. So there were people coming and going. All I knew, because I was so overwhelmed by my first big role that I had to, I think it was his voice that said, forget about that. Focus on your task at hand. And that's all I did. You know, rehearse the fight scene. Go next door, another sound stage, shoot that scene. Now go outside with the bullwhip master so he can teach you to use a bullwhip. Now go over here, I mean, it just, it didn't stop. It was, it was unbelievable, yeah. Yeah. I, I just had, well, go ahead. You brought up Ted. Um, <laughs> I was wondering, how did Seth MacFarlane approach you about the movie? Well, uh, uh, in reference to some of the stories you heard when he was, how old six? How old? Yeah, six years he old. He was three, he was six. He was three, he was six. Uh, I got a call. Hey, Sam, Seth MacFarlane. Uh, when I was eight years old, I saw your movie, It Changed My Life. I said, well, how did it change your life? So, well, I knew when I walked out of the movie theater, I was going to be a creative type guy. So my reply was, well, you're also a bit perverted. I hope I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> so anyway, he said, I want to bring you into this uh, you know, I'm directing my first movie, and I want to bring you in uh, on, into the uh, Ted franchise, and that's that's how it happened, you know. So this is the cool thing. You hear athletes, you hear some actors say that they are not role models. Well, whether we like it or not, which I love it, by the way, we are role models. So we have to be very careful what we say, what we do, uh, and our behavior. So, I mean, with Seth MacFarlane, I don't know if it would matter or not, but I'm starting to right, I mean, but I'm starting to get these other calls. You know, 64 years, well, I got that call when I was, let me see, 10-1 was what, eight years ago? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so I'm in my mid to late 50s, 
So I'm getting these calls now from who were once very young people who grew up to be decision makers in the business. So however I or however we impact people over our lives, we better reevaluate that. Because let me tell you something, that call came in at a very critical time in my life, you know, uh, where it was much needed uh, to be back doing big budget movies again. It was, it was much needed. So it's wonderful. Yeah, so Seth MacFarlane calls you. Do you remember the pitch he gave you? He was like, what's this no, movie about? Like, well, yeah, well, that's a great point. He talked about a cute little teddy bear. <laughs> yeah, so was this a kid's movie? I, like, so I, not I read the script. I said, time out. I said, Seth, a cute little, this bear is nasty. He is nasty. And by the way, I can't, oh, there were some things written in that movie. I mean, they, he had written a three-page speech for me on the benefits of doing every narcotic you could think of. <laughs> I said, Seth, I said, I, I can't, I mean, I know you've hired me to make fun of myself, to do a parody, to do a spoof on Sam J. Jones, Flash Gordon, but I think you still want pieces of the real me. I said, I gotta, you know, I, I, I said, I got some young people, part of my fan base, I, we, we need to tweak this. I mean, I can get by with doing that. You know, because I get a lot of people come up to me and say, hey, I really enjoyed that that drug session you had. I said, what drug session? <laughs> I said, did you see me doing drugs in Ted? Well, yeah. I said, I said no, you didn't. <laughs> I said, well, they said, what was that white stuff on your nose? I think someone knows this story. What's that white powder on your nose? I said, oh, you mean when the bear and Wahlberg and I came out of the bathroom? Yeah, I said, what happened? The bear actually got excited, and he knocked over the bottle of baby powder and it went all over our faces and then we walked in front of camera that's what happened right you see, it's all perception that's why i tell the cops too on a friday night so sorry your question right so i have a question um what was it like i'm just interested in your perspective of working in the same movie with two to me it looked like completely opposite personalities brian blessed Oh yeah, um, yeah. Well, uh, Brian is great. I mean, you know, Brian, uh, bless him. Brian, bless him. He, uh, whichever, whatever room or environment he walks into, he takes over. He he's amazing. And when he's done taking over, um, you don't take offense because he has such this um, boisterous, iconic. Uh, but at the same time, you know, authoritative, but it's, it's liberating because of the fun he has. And yeah, he's done that. I've done a couple panel panels with Brian and he takes over. And every and they, I did a panel with Brian and Melody and myself, and it's our turn to talk and he grabs the microphone and he, he starts to roam out there and he gets into a 10 minute speech, right? And then every now and then he'll look back at us and he'll say, well, I'll use me, he'll say, look at me. Look at Sam. Aren't they beautiful? Now back to me. That's right. And you love it. You love it. It's, yeah. Timothy was a bit more serious. You know, he's, he comes from the, the classically trained, you know. But good. Very good for what they did. But Brian's the guy. He's the, uh, Brian is the go-to guy. You know, the king of the Hawkman. Thank you. Sorry, your question. What was your favorite uh, movie to work with? Well, my favorite, well, you know, my favorite project 
was uh, the Highwayman. How many people saw the Highwayman? Okay, it was a television series for Fox and for NBC, and I and I loved it because uh, you know I'm an outdoorsy type guy, and uh, so here we are. We're six months in the great outdoors of Arizona, and I'm dressed like Mad Max, like Road Warrior. I get to carry a sawed-off shotgun strapped to my leg, and I drive an 18-wheeler. And I'm working outdoors in the great uh, high desert of Arizona. I mean, what more can a guy want, you know? I loved it, and that's my favorite project. I mean, there were times where it was 110 degrees during the day, and we're out in the superstitious mountains, and it's freezing, and people, people forgot to bring any type of, well, back then, the heat lamps or whatever. And so we, we saw a couple of metal garbage cans, and we poked a couple of holes in them. I said, and when the director wasn't looking, we took all the wooden director's chairs, and we chopped, them up. we chopped them up, put them in the garbage can, and set that puppy on fire. And we stayed warm while we were filming the series. That's how, now that's fun, man, that's fun. Okay. That's real filmmaking. Yeah, no, that's real filmmaking. Yeah, you, know, you got Ben Affleck in his trailer. That's right, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, that, that ain't real filmmaking. Yeah. That's, that's, that's real, that's real, that's real yes. filmmaking. Sorry, yeah, question. Course, I, know, I know you did a lot of security work in the past. Security years. work? Yes. You said security yes. work. Yes, yeah. uh, I wonder if you ran in real life, ran in any kind of Flash Gordon type situations. Flash where Gordon, that yes. An adventure guy yeah. take charge. Uh, well, there were a couple of things. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, part of my transition in life, that's a great question, by the way. Um, so, when the movie business got really slow, I mean, it's normally, you know, they used to use this, uh, this, this uh, descriptive line, this vernacular called, uh, the movie business is always unpredictable. And I said, no, that's a lie. The movie business is always predictable that it will be inconsistent, okay? Really. So, I don't want to get off on a rabbit trail, but, uh, oh yeah, so security. So my transition came to me when I really had a lull in my, uh, in my, in my work career, in my, in my acting career. So my wife looked at me and she said, you know, you're a talented actor. This was 15 years ago. She said, you're a talented actor, and I've been watching you wait by that phone for six months. It's not ringing. We have two kids in diapers, one just out of diapers. There's the door. You come back to this house when you're providing for this house. I said, yes, ma'am. So I walked, yeah, hey, thank God for good wives, man. Let me tell you, I was out that door. I was back in three hours. I had a construction job. We're a buddy of mine owned a construction company. So I'm in my late 40s. I don't care. This is easy. They're paying me to, they're paying me to work out. That's how I looked at it. And, uh, but I knew I couldn't do this forever. And next thing you know, I, I called a couple of former military guys. Tell me about this high-end security you're doing. So they told me what I needed to do. Took me four months. I got what we called trained up in federal protective doctrine, uh, the high-end stuff, Secret Service, uh, ATF, FBI, all that stuff, to run protective, protecting people uh, in high-risk environments from kidnapping and assassination, primarily for me in Mexico. So I was asked to relocate to San Diego and help take over the, uh, uh, the cross-border security ops. And I loved it, I loved it. The only, the only disconcerting thing is you cannot carry weapons when you can't. Americans can't carry in Mexico, but uh, we have some nationals or dual citizens who could carry. But we're running hard in armored SUVs. And it, so anyway, 
that happened and for 13 years I, I ran full-time I mean thank God I had a great supervisor who let me off a couple times to do movies I mean Bad Tattoo and other independent movies in between and it just it changed my whole life but the important thing is I had to get, I had to humble myself listen to my wife and within a short time I think after I made that decision and started providing for my family um, Within two years, what do you think happened? The phone started to ring for more movies. And it's, it's phenomenal. Uh, but you, but I just want to address this. You talk about Flash Gordon and being a security professional, which I don't really see much of a difference. But the, the horrible thing that could occur, and my biggest fear was being recognized by a VIP as an actor or Flash Gordon. That's... You know, that's very uncomfortable for them. When they, so anyway, thank God it didn't happen. Because usually corporate executives, they, they're a different mindset. They're a whole different breed of people. Their eyes are down on their laptop, on their phone. They're not really, and if they didn't even think it was me, they would dismiss it immediately, right? But one guy found out, I mean, this is a great story, sorry about it. No, not at all, no, not at all. This is hysterical. Um, so I'm driving this, uh, chief financial officer for a huge multi-billion dollar, a big Japanese company. And I, I had to drive him back into San Diego from the Mexican border and to his home. And he told me to take a different route. And uh, anyway, he said, just, you know what, just pull into the parking lot of SeaWorld and let me think about it on where I want to go. So I pulled into the parking lot of SeaWorld, and there's a guy in the guard shack right there, you know, that has that. Yeah, the gate. The gate, right? So now on, on our armored SUVs, the glass, glass is about that thick. Only goes down about like that, right? So I can tell by looking at this guy, he's looking at me. And I'm driving the bosses in the back, and I, I see his countenance change, and he's starting to recognize me, he's going, right? And I said, you know, I'm trying to yell, hey, do me a favor, just, you know, I made the wrong turn. Can you just lift up the arm so I can, I'm working right now, I'm working. Can you drive through? And all of a sudden, he just shouted as loud as he could. Within 20 seconds, he shouted all the movies I've ever done. Yeah. He went through them all. Like, I couldn't believe it. Boom, 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 this. And, um, and I said, and then I, I stopped him. I said, please, I'm working right now. Uh, so he got all my credits out within 15, 20 seconds, and then he lifted the arm, and as we started to roll forward, he shouts even louder, I'm an actor too. <laughs> <laughs> the guy working security yeah. at SeaWorld. Okay, okay. So as I pull out, it's, it's really surreal right now, right? Because I'm thinking, oh God. I've already been a security professional for maybe six months, right? I've been driving this guy off and on. And all of a sudden, it's dead quiet, and, and the CFO in the back says, Sam, is all that true? Are you really Flash Gordon? <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah. I said, yes, yeah, sir. You know, I, I, yeah, I've done that for years, but, you know, I've been doing this. He said, thank God you proved yourself as a security professional, because if I recognized you, I would have said, no way. No way you can protect me. And <laughs> So that was my, yeah. So that, that was the sort of the icing on the cake, the fact that I was never recognized first as an actor before I proved myself as a security professional. Yeah. 
So now uh, a lot of these um, corporate executives sort of use me as a, well, I'm, I'm still, what I do, I do very good. But uh, I'm sort of used as an ambassador a lot too. You know, when they bring over uh, other presidents and a senior level leadership from Japan and other countries, they make it a point to introduce them to me. Right. <laughs> okay. As the actor now, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's, it's quite fascinating. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a bragging right now. It's a bragging yeah. yeah, but it's cool. That's a great question. Your question. Well, no, so I wanted to say that Ted was actually my first rated R movie, and I'm 25, <laughs> so that, yeah, about eight, seven years ago, like you were saying. Wow. Um, my favorite scene from the first movie was whenever they put the hole in the wall during yeah. the party. But um, the question I had goes actually with the second movie or what have you. Whenever Ted and uh, Ted and John, they supposedly like damaged your car, and you kind of went off on them. Like, That's like, my Chrysler. Yeah. <laughs> but like, what, 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 was, uh, what was it like playing the mad scene there, like trying to be mad at people who were supposed to be your buddy? Oh, that's easy for me, are you kidding me? I'm a former Marine. <laughs> <laughs> and I have five kids, and here I have my fifth grandchild, so that's all easy for me. You, you do have a valid point there, because my dad's Air Force, and he yells yeah. at me a lot, too. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. It's funny, but they changed that. They didn't have that scene written in there. It was all about, you know, uh, Ted the Bear and Wahlberg being in awe of, you know, Sam J. Jones and being buddies and friends and I guess they wanted to add more conflict and they, they, they you know, they created that contention between, I didn't agree with them, but it was what it was, you know, but yeah, just don't touch my Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing I did learn from that movie, that and be careful what you get at Bachelorette Burns. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll leave it at that, yeah. Did you, get a, did you get a pass at that bomb, by the way? Oh, uh, no. Because <laughs> yeah. that would have been a funny scene. It would have been really yeah. insane. Yeah, that was, that was a fun scene. Yeah. It was. I enjoyed it. You know, a lot of people say, well, how high did you get? We're, we're, not, we're not allowed to do that anymore. You can't get high. It's a huge liability issue. It plays on FX now. They censored it. Like, the whole thing. They censored it. It's just blurred out. Like, what, what was blurred out? The bomb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah. I didn't do the bomb, did I? The bear did the bomb. Yeah. The bear did it all. Yeah. 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 I don't do bombs. I, I, I used to do bombs. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't know. It's all about crunching numbers. Yeah. It has to make sense financially for them. Yeah, because I've just got word that Toy Story 4 has been confirmed. As oh, well. that'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the stay, you stay tuned, my friend. Yeah. Stay tuned. Got time for one more. Does anybody want to finish it off? Uh, we'll do that. To you. All right. Somebody else. Sure. The question I had, I read something a couple months ago. I just I was reading some things on it. I don't know about Flash Gordon. I don't know if it was Mike Hodges, the director, who said it, said it, but it's, it was something about, they said it was like the, 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 the step longest, up to, step up to the, mic the longest improv movie ever. Yeah. So I didn't, was, well, was, was the script in that much change? Yeah, they, they did, but yeah, I mean, there was a lot. I didn't really know, to tell you the truth. I mean, I followed my script, but when I talked to the director at the 35th anniversary in London three years ago, uh, yeah, he said he and Dino bumped heads every day, and there was a lot of improvisation going on as far as the creative end. 
and I did my, you know, what I had to do as an actor, but I didn't know this until three years ago. It was amazing, amazing, yeah. Uh, somebody anybody else? Uh, no? One more? Uh, oh, go ahead, sir. I heard you mention about um, the liability insurance and everything on movies. Yes. Are making movies now a lot different than they were like back in the Yeah, time. yeah. For those who didn't, you want to know the big difference in making movies back then and now? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially doing Ted, which was a big universal budget, and then Flash Gordon was universal, too. But, um, yeah, I'm not saying, I mean, I don't, I never partied way back then, you know, because you want to, you want to be uh, sharp, you know, any type of alcohol or drugs, you know, for me, is, is diminishing. I think there's a reason why cops don't smoke pot when they're working, you know, fire pilots and commercial pilots don't smoke pot, okay, there's a reason for that. We're not sharp, we are diminished. And I, and, I, and this, I have a documentary coming out, uh, Life After Flash, and I talk about that a little bit. But, uh, yeah, so, Flash Gordon, you know, we, it was kind of prehistoric with the special effects. You can tell it's a little bit corny, but fun. Yeah, and camp. Yeah, I'm sure. But, you know, uh, doing Ted, there's no, there's no teddy bear. There's no teddy bear right there in front of you. It's just a piece of tape on a wall. That's what you're at to, and they, they computer-generate that later on. But what changed for me dramatically, which I don't like, I don't agree with, I think it's all based on fear. What I'm, I don't want to preach to anybody, but what, I, what I'm getting now in my older age, especially in not just the movie business, there's a lot of people and entities and organizations led by fear. So and when, I'm, when I talk about the movie business, in the old days, you're the camera, okay? The director, stood next to the camera, always, to direct the movie. Well, they, they don't do that nowadays. You know where the director is? The director could be anywhere from 50 meters to 1,000 meters away under a little canopy or a tent called Video Village, sitting in front of two to six monitors, making sure the cameraman has me in frame. I thought, well, that's the lame excuse. <laughs> We pay the best camera operator to make sure we are in frame. I got it, you know, but it's all fear-based, you know? And they didn't make mistakes back then, okay? They didn't make mistakes back then, but... So it became impersonal for me, especially the fact that Seth MacFarlane is directing the movie, and he's the voice of the bear. So I made it more of a challenge, and they gave me a... I, had a, I said, give me something. I mean, Seth... You're way back there. I can't see you. They gave me an earwig, right? And so I'm getting direction, and Seth is also the bear, giving me my off-camera lines. So every now and then I have to say, are you the bear or are you the director now? I don't know what you are. <laughs> Anyways. But yeah, I, I, it's impersonal. When I start directing, I'm going to be, I don't care, I'm going to be, bring the monitor in front of me. I don't care. I'm going to be right there ne next to the, and I, a lot of actors like that too. Yeah, I like it. it makes sense. You see the director directing you. Yeah, but a lot of stuff is fear-based. I don't get this fear, you know. Just, but liability. Yeah, I understand liability. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, real quick before we go, let's say today we needed a flash Gordon to save the universe. Yeah. Is there a real-life football player now that you think could handle the job? You know, like a, 
Yeah. You think Drew Brees could do it, or like a Tom Brady? Yeah, think, Drew Brees. Uh, probably Sam J. Jones. Yeah, know, of course. <laughs> football, but, well, I mean, anybody's capable. You know, when I met with Fox and leadership, and they said, yeah, you know, we'd like to bring in, I said, great. Whatever you need me for. Flash, the dad, whatever. Um, you know, I, I still do it, but you have to have that formula. Sure. You have to have the younger, good-looking guy and girl. you got to have that formula. And of course, you got to have the older, mature, senior guy who keeps the youngsters in order <laughs> as well, right? I think I think uh, I think you're that guy for sure. Well, heck yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. So hopefully, it happens. You know, you just it's it's a it's a wild business. It really is, and all this back and forth, you know, uh, reputable name purchasing the rights and not carrying through with it. You know what? Maybe one day the good Lord has for me to be in a position to buy the rights and, and do the option myself. Who knows? I, I'll be you first know. in line for that. Amen. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Tim. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Mobcast Network.